0: Welcome back into another episode of Trickeration with Mr. Magic. Adam Munster Tiger, the publisher of BuffStampede.com on the 24 7 Sports Network, joined by CU legend Darian Hagen. Coach, uh, we've heard about the story of how Nebraska tried to recruit you out there. And right. what Coach Max said to you and your family to, to, to get you in Boulder. Right. Be, being from Los Angeles, I'm curious, though, was USC involved in your recruitment at all?
1: Yes, they were uh, early on. Um, the thing about me when I was getting recruited um, by, you know, I got recruited by pretty much everybody in the country. But uh, UCLA, USC, and I made it quite clear from the onset that I was not staying in california to go to college so you know they still they still tried to recruit me but you know once i started giving them the the heisman stiff arm they, they 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 stopped but they they did try to
0: was that your mom's decision or your decision that you wanted to get out of los angeles for college
1: it was it was kind of both of ours um my mom would always say, you know, it's a big old world out there. You need to see some different things and experience some different things. And I agreed with her. And I, you know, I, I knew that, you know, being in Southern California, I was gonna be around the same people that I grew up with, you know, the same people that I hung out with, you know, you know, still gonna have the gang violence and all those things. And I, I wanted I, I wanted no part of that. I wanted to go to college and be a be a student athlete and have no, no interference.
0: How much of a, a homesickness period did you have to go through when you got out to Colorado?
1: I was homesick for about six months. And that was because, you know, other than going on vacations to, you know, we we would drive every summer from Los Angeles to Kansas and spend time with our family in Kansas and Wichita. And then we would go to Oklahoma and, and El Reno and spend time with family there and go back, you know, drive back to LA. Uh, so other than that, that was a, uh, only time i ever you know went away from home um you know and and when i got here to colorado you know even though i knew a lot of the teammates and we were you know i was cool with everybody i was still homesick because you know when you when you leave something that you're a part of on a daily basis especially for 18 years you know it's kind of hard to get it out of your system you know and yeah i was four string you know for a little bit you know, I constantly, you know, kept getting getting better, but I, you know, I was I was uh at at a point where I was talking to myself, like, why did I do that? Why did I leave California and why did I, you know, leave my family? And and then my mom and my aunt told me, Hey, you need to, you know, it's it's it you need to grow up, you know, be a man, you know, there's nothing, nothing to worry about. You you get out of your system in, in a few and they were right you know once once a football season started you know uh well in the spring you know i was i was you know go i went home for spring break and um we had to leave again and you know i was i was, I was you know homesick again but at the same time you know i was uh pretty much told that i was going to be the starting quarterback so i knew right then and there that i i couldn't be couldn't be homesick anymore it's time to grow up and be a man
0: but now Colorado's your home, longtime home, so it, it all worked yeah, out. It, uh, it did. Obviously, I'm
1: asking from, you. I came here with hair, now I have none.
0: <laughs> well, likewise, likewise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Colorado
0: has never beaten the Trojans on the football field, 0 and 16 all time. But you've been on the sidelines for some close matchups with the Trojans. You guys had a 31-21 lead against USC in 2019. Steven Montez was dealing it that day, and then he got hit out of bounds. For some reason, they didn't call it. It was one of the worst no-calls I've had covering this program. And he soldiered through. He came back in the game, but he just was not the same after that hit. And the USC comes storming back in that game in 2016, the play that stands out to me is Bryce Bobo with the fake uh, the fake play where he throws the pass down to Philip Lindsay. You guys lose that game by just four points. And then the year before, in 2015, you guys are up 17-3 against USC when Sefa Lufau suffers the Liz Frank foot injury and then the Trojans come back. Do you remember anything about any of those games? Did you ever feel like, okay, we're actually going to get one against USC in any of those games?
1: Absolutely, you know when when Stephen you know they didn't get the you know they didn't call the the out of bounds hit on him. You know uh, I thought that when he when he came back he got he was a little gunshot, you know. Um, And for a quarterback, when that happens, you know you pretty much you know you're gonna be you know ineffective, and that's exactly what happened. But I've every time we play USC, I have a chip on my shoulder because I'm from California. And the fact that we have never beaten USC is an added, you know, chip. And, you know, to be in close games in the, in the games that you mentioned and not be able to pull them out, those were downers. Those, those were, you know, ones where, you you know, you like non-belief because we, we should have won those games, you know. And, you know, USC has great players. They have great coaches, you know, but those games that you just mentioned – we had our shots and we didn't take advantage of it.
0: Obviously 42 to six, wasn't the result of the current Buffaloes wanted uh, coming out of Eugene, but they're mm-hmm. still three and one. What have been kind of your overall impressions through four games of the coach prime era?
1: I, I think they're, they're well coached. They, uh, they play hard. They fly around. Um, you know, they, they, they fight to the, to the end. Um, First three games, you know, first first game T- TCU was a thriller. Um, it was a game that you know no one expected them to, to win, and for them to keep fighting back and fighting back and just showing grit and to pull that game up, that was you know that was awesome. And then the way we handedly you know put it on Nebraska, that was a that was a game that you know I didn't think that we would we we would beat them that bad, but we did. And to beat your rival that bad at home you know that's in that's in shock throughout the country and then to come back and play your other rival and you know go down to the wire and show grit again and pull it out to start the season 3 and 0 oh, when you won one game the year before that was, unbel- that was unbelievable it was awesome great feeling as a as a as a former alum former player here and then last week you know we go down and you know we lose 42 to 6 that one right there that one was a little, uh, a little gut wrenching. You know, um, I thought that you know they were they. It looked like they kind of knew what the heck we were doing. You know, they they knew when to when to blitz and when when to you know hit, what gap to hit and things like that. You know, but I also thought that you know when when you don't have a a solid running game that you can lean on, and you you're forced to you know pass a lot. And defense going to pin their ears back, and they are They going to hunt, and that's what they did.
0: How much pressure do you feel as a coach on a week like this after a loss like that? It, is it sometimes overwhelming, or do you compartmentalize enough as a coach to kind of block out some of that outside noise?
1: Yeah, I think you can, you, you 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 can block out that noise. You block out that noise because now you know you look at it like this. from this standpoint, or the week by week, you know, basis. That you always got to bring your A game, you know, and that's what you tell you guys. Hey, we didn't play, we didn't play up the expectations, you know, the, the last game, but this game here, you know, we play up the expectations. We have a chance, you know. We keep fighting to the to the end, and you know, play mistake free football. Yeah, I think you know we'll we'll have a chance, and then you just get out there and you just you just it, it becomes football again, and you t- take all the pressure off of you by just you know dealing with your players in a, in a way about, you know, just like, like life, you know, it's, 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 it's a game. It's a game we love. It's a game we play, but at the same time, you can't let one game ruin the rest, you know, a good thing. So you take one game at a time and, and that's how, that's how you live it.
0: We have amazing brains and instincts, but sometimes It's a situation where I would feel as a coach, you're coaching X's and O's, but after a loss like that, you're kind of coaching the human condition a little bit too, right? In the sense that maybe leading up to that Oregon game, you never felt that any of this love was like being absorbed by the players. But now you have a loss like that. You probably have to, you can probably focus more on the X's and O's after a loss like that, right? And get more buy in just because guys don't want to have that feeling again.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think that it's a that's a double side double a double sided coin because on the flip side, you know, because you know, when you're winning, everything's good. And everything is working and you believe in every concept and you believe in the process. And then when you lose, then you you know, you 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 kind of like doubt yourself or doubt the process. And then you go into that next game. If you don't if you if you if you're not really Bought in, and you know it, it's me and my brother mentality. Then you know it, it can lead to another loss, and then once you get back-to-back losses, then you start pointing fingers. And I'm hoping that you know that 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 doesn't happen, you know, um, because we have a good we have a good team. We have we have some great guys, you know, and I want to see those guys do well. And I tell you this, I'll be here at seven o'clock on on Saturday, getting ready to root my tail off.
0: As you get older, Darian, I don't know, do you, do you enjoy these early kickoffs more? I, I've grown to love them. I wouldn't have liked them, though, when I was 20 years old. I I love the thought of waking up early, grabbing a breakfast burrito, and let's go watch some football, let's cover some football. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you feel about these 10 a.m. kickoffs?
1: Well, when I was in school here, and that was a long time ago, when I was in school here, all our games were early. And so I got kind of used to it. So when we start having games, you know, late at night and, you know, midday that kind of take away your Saturday, because you think about it as a college kid, you know, you still want to go and have a, a weekend. So you get that Saturday, you know, early, and then you can still go hang out with your friends. You can go party, hang out with your girlfriend, do whatever you want to do because you still got the rest of the day, you know, but as a, as I got older, you know, I, I I get up early every day anyway to get to work, so, so a ten o'clock game is nothing new to me because it's it's already it's already what we do on a daily basis anyway. So I like I, same way I like to you know get the game out of the way and be able to sit back and watch TV, watch more games, and just relax. You know that's that's what I like about it.
0: Caleb Williams already owns a Heisman Trophy. He's among Amongst the most savvy quarterbacks I've ever covered, does he remind you of anybody, any quarterbacks, or is he kind of a unique type of quarterback?
1: Uh when he when he run when he's running around in the pocket and scrambling and looking downfield, I kind of like get envy of him because that's what I used to do. You know, I used to run around in the pocket, make guys miss and, and throw the ball downfield. Not as accurate, accurate as him, but I would attempt to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a he's a tremendous a- athlete and he does he reminds me of uh of a little bit of myself and probably I would say um uh, a big a, a bigger arm and more accurate and than um uh, Vince Young as well who are the best
0: quarterbacks you win against during your playing career that that really stand out when you think about quarterback play and and think about your time on on the turf?
1: Uh, I would say I would have two that come to my mind right away. And both of those guys played a long time in the NFL. It'd be Jeff George from Illinois and Mark uh, Brunel from the University of Washington. I thought okay. both of them were really, really good football players and really competitive. You know, I played against Mark in uh, on the same team, actually, in high school in an all-star game. You know, so we had me, uh, Mark Brunel, Tom Marinovich, and I uh, forget the other guy's name. But we had he went to he wound up going to U UC, UCLA. So we had four quarterbacks, and I I hurt my knee in warmups. I tripped on a on a uh, on a sprinkler head that popped up. Oh, goodness, and, yeah. And and uh, Tom Marinovich he played, and I forget the other guy's name. Jimmy Bond, it was the name, and uh, so those two wind up playing the, the the majority of the game. And Mark Brunel, he couldn't get on the field because you know he those other guys were rated higher than him. They 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 you know so they got they got all the all the playing time. So Mark wound up being an all star punter that game. <laughs> so, but I would say I would say Jeff George and, and Mark Brunel for sure.
0: What are your plans on Saturday for the, the big USC game?
1: Well, I plan on getting here, you know, seven o'clock. Like I said, getting here seven o'clock in the morning, you know, uh, going to the alumni C Club tent, you know, hanging out with, with some of the alums, you know, welcoming guys back that I coach. You know, it's a lot of guys going to be here. So I, I welcome those guys back. And then I'll go to my seats, watch Rafi run, and then I'll go up to the president's box shake some hands, kiss some babies, and then go into the alumni C club uh, box and watch the rest of the game. There's no
0: win on this schedule that would be sweeter than if it happened Saturday,
1: right? Absolutely. We can, if we can beat USC for the first time, you know, uh, and wind up with the same record, you know, you know, four and one, those guys be four and one, um, you know, that'd be that'd be awesome. And it'd be a chance for us to ruin his Heisman campaign. You know, um, be a chance to let Brendan Rice understand that he never should have left when he when he's running around out there on Saturday. But if we can beat those guys. That, that'd be a that'd be a, a nice feather for uh, Coach Brown putting his hat.
0: Awesome. Coach Hagan, I always appreciate you for taking the time out to join us. It was good to reminisce about a few things. I'm glad we kind of got the backstory of why you didn't end up at USC. And we're all fortunate that you and your mother had plans for you to leave the state for college because we love having you here. Thanks again.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you, Adam.
0: And thanks, everybody out there for tuning in.